The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. Hello and welcome to a very special business chat to mark Tech Week and the High Tech Awards that land at the end of the week. Tech Week is a festival of innovation, a meeting of the varied ecosystems in tech and a very good time. We're chatting with two of the speakers in this big week of talks, panels, meetings and connections that's happening May 20 to 26. So that's next week if you're listening to this close to the day it comes out and it's across the whole country. If you jump on techweek.co.nz, see if there isn't something happening close to you, and even if not, there's heaps of live streaming and ways to get amongst online. We're joined by Amber Taylor, CEO of Ara Journeys, who are a finalist for Māori High Tech Company of the Year, and she's speaking on a panel on celebrating Māori innovation. And also by Jonathan Miller. He's the Group Manager for Future Insights at Callaghan Innovation, and he'll be on a panel looking at 2019's biggest technology trends. To find out about them, the week, and what they'll be chatting about, Thank you, Amber and Jonathan, for joining us now. Kia ora, Maura. Kia ora. Kia ora. Hey, so first up, um, Amber, thanks for being here. T- tell us about Ara Journeys. What is it? And uh, th- you've got this amazing mission about making a distinctly Māori tech company. How does that work? So Ara stands for Augmented Reality Applications, and our focus is on creating AR gaming that helps connect people to the land and to the Indigenous stories that are related to our area. Um we talk about Māori in the sense that we want to start at home first, so we want to look at our stories, our iwi stories, our people kind of thing, but since we've been developing Ara, we've learnt that this is something that our Pacifica neighbours are interested in also. So we do say Māori, but we also mean Indigenous cultures worldwide. And, and what is the uh, technology that you're melding? Because there are these wonderful kind of um, augmented reality uh, app-driven experiences where you can kind of interact with the environment, with the land, with the whenua in ways that you normally can't and tell really interesting stories. Yes, yeah, so we're using AR um, purely because of the component that we can overlay the digital and the physical worlds together. And we kind of find that that sparks imagination, creates curiosity. Um, I think the really great thing about AR is the stories are short. So it keeps, it plays, um, it, the stories are short. So the attention spans are, of, we're really capturing the attention span of kids. And we're kind of 
a safe platform for iwi to share their stories so they don't have to give us the full in-depth story that's related to their whakapapa to their area but we can retell parts of it and create curiosity amongst amongst our users and encourage them to go out and find out more and visit the region and learn more. And and tell me, what kind of experience do people have when they download and use the app? Because you have kind of um, an avatar leading people in some of your apps, don't you? Yeah, so we have Manu. Manu's our bilingual little Māori boy that takes you on a journey through the environment. So connection to environment is really important to us. That For Māori, that's our whakapapa's woven through it. Um, when you download the app, open it up and that you can bring him to life so you hold it in a certain area we use geomarkers geolocation hold him up and he'll tell you the story about that area and maybe about some of the native life that was once there how maori maybe um used the awa for fishing or for harvesting from the land that's so cool and such a kind of like um an evolution in storytelling, which is kind of, I guess that's a link in a long storytelling tradition. Yeah, we've found with um, the storytelling side of it, it's not just Māori that are interested. Like, there's a whole range of tourists that are coming in, and often they're coming straight into Auckland Airport looking for it in a cultural experience, but they're going straight to Rotorua because, mm. you know, that's the one that's most advertised on TV. They're totally bypassing the rich stories of South Auckland, the Punoi Stream, um, Stonefields, which is right next door to the airport. And those are the stories that we want to kind of highlight and drive traffic to because it doesn't only benefit the iwi in that area, but it benefits local business. Yeah, and that's such a genius way to do it. Like, I can't understand why in Auckland with so many monga we don't have, like, a recreation of a par site or something, you know, to really tell some of these amazing stories of the history in Tamaki Makoto. But uh, to be able to do something without having to build physical infrastructure by, by laying that kind of digital overlay, you can tell those stories everywhere. Yeah, and that's something that's really important to us as well. It's we don't want to, um, obviously, we want to look after our environment as much as we can. So we don't want to go and put these builds up that are going to affect the natural environment around us because that kind of misses the point. And then using the gamified experience or the gaming that we're combining with AR, it's helping us drive the traffic across the country, highlighting different areas and just getting people to reconnect. Yeah, I, I'd um, love to come back and have a little chat about like some fascinating things that are happening in that kind of mapping and telling people those stories, especially in tour- tourism where... Um, you, you know, like the the actual stories of tourism, if you go to, say, Hotwater Beach, it's just a car park and a beach. There's very little storytelling, and there's such an opportunity to, to build so much more on. And all the way through the Waikato, there's all these kind of, like, famous sites of history, and you just drive past them at 100Ks an hour. It's bananas. Yeah, and those are, that's the stories we want to capture. So there are Māori stories that you can download, read about, go to the library and learn about. But we want the ancestral stories. We want the ones that have kind of been passed down the generations, but we're losing because, you know, we're an ageing population. Our, our tipuna are dying and our komatu are passing away, and with them goes that knowledge. Um, and I always joke about this across the family. It's like you can go and ask your aunties and your cousins, and they can tell you the stories, but depending on which one you ask, it kind of becomes Chinese whispers. <laughs> so you never have, like, this one true record, and that's kind of what we want to capture with, with our platform. 
ah, that's so cool. And so I'll bring, I'll bring nice, nice to meet you. I'll bring Jonathan in here. Hey, man. And so, hey, tell me about your background as well, because your role now with Callahan is kind of a bridge between business and the entrepreneurial part of the business sector, you know, people making and innovating things. And you, you came from that part, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I've sort of always been interested in technology. I grew up on a kiwi fruit orchard. Um, as a teenager, I, I, I built a, uh, a wind tunnel on the family on the family table to test a new uh, artificial shout about that I was trying to design. And so I think I've always enjoyed that. I went through engineering and uh, started work at Fisher and Paykel Healthcare, working on CPAP blowers. Um, oh, that's wow. a device that treats obstructive sleep apnea, or sleep disorder. And then, uh, then I went on my OE and sort of um, that's where I discovered the world of startups because I was working for a, um, a tech company based in Cambridge in the UK and um, really enjoyed that kind, of, um, that kind of environment. But yeah, when I came back to New Zealand, I think I discovered that uh, there was this whole area that, that gets called technology transfer and it's kind of like how do you, how do you take technology uh, from an idea and into commercialization, and I got really interested in that. So um, that's that's sort of that's when I started to think, okay, where where could I, um, yeah, where could I um, try that out? And that is such an important thing, isn't it? That area of commercializing research and having worked at some of, um, you know, Fisher and Paykel Healthcare, uh, very large company. I think almost still underknown here for just how big a player it is in the international kind of uh, breathing health space. <laughs> uh, but then the small companies having to try and work to commercialise without that infrastructure and without that um, experience is a real hole. Yeah, and that was a really stark kind of experience. Like I went from being a feeling like quite a sort of small cog and quite a large uh, machine to uh, and in the startup that I was in, you know, one of two electronics uh, sort of design engineers, and you really feel like your decisions are affecting the, the the direction of the company, and that was actually quite exciting. And you know, you got sort of stake in the company as well in terms of um, in terms of uh, you know um, shares in the company as part of your package. So yeah, it was that was really quite cool. And so, how did you move from? Uh, being on the front line of trying to commercialise the tech to then going, okay, well, there are these government organisations, there are these uh, people who are trying to help these little companies. How can I be a bridge and do the, the tech transfer piece? Yeah, so I got hired uh, by Industrial Research Limited, which was one of the predecessor companies of, of Callaghan Innovation. And um, that organisation had like over 200 scientists and technologists and engineers Really, really smart people and deep kind of knowledge in, in these areas. And my job there was to help understand what it is that those people could do and why it was important for New Zealand businesses. And then talk to New Zealand businesses about what these scientists and technologists and engineers could do. And kind of, I sort of felt like my role was almost, I sometimes say it barbecues, like translating yeah, yeah. between business and, and technology. And I just, for some reason, I just really enjoy that challenge. And I guess it is a translation, isn't it? Because they're dealing with like often entirely different timescales and entirely different motivators. You know, like a, a science process will take as long as it takes to get the right result, and business has the the times that they have to ship things and and all the rest of it. And I imagine there's a real interesting space in the middle of that. Yeah, and that's I mean at Callahan Innovation, we've still got that capability of scientists and technologists, and um, there are a lot more commercially focused and the kinds of people that we have really kind of passionate about solving business problems um, but even so uh, 
yeah, it's just I do feel like there is, yeah, there is a kind of, there's always that kind of tension there, actually. And we hear about the stories once they're successful because uh, there's so much secrecy and things having to stay uh, private and confidential and undercover. And so for every Rocket Lab that, you know, you hear about, there's about 50 things you know, boiling away on the back burner, aren't there? Yeah, that's true, and that's one of the really exciting things about my job. And um, even hearing Amber's story today, just really exciting because I know a bit about augmented reality and the possibilities. And it's it's just always really neat to find stories of people kind of finding these interesting value propositions and then taking them to market. Um, yeah, in the way that Amber's doing. So how does, let's say you are um, an Amber and you are the CEO of a really cool company that um, has has really leading edge tech, how do you get involved with someone like yourself to help navigate the process? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of ways. I've, I mean, you can get in contact with uh, Callahan Innovation. We've got a lot of people whose job it is to, um, to work with businesses and we've got a range of skills that we can and um, programs that we can bring uh, bring to bear. I also kind of think like there's a wider ecosystem as well, and there's, there's it's really useful to get along to meetups um, in the area that I'm interested in, kind of emerging technology. That's quite a great way of getting to know, you know, what is artificial intelligence and what can it do and what can't it do. And so meeting practitioners is a really valuable thing to do. Cool. And let's let's talk about your panels at Tech Week, which is happening 2026 of May. Amber, tell me about the panel you're on, which is so called Celebrating Māori Innovation. Oh, don't you love that title? Yeah. I love that title. Um, I think working in this space in this current time is really exciting. We've got a lot of, or we're hearing more about Māori innovation that's taking place across the country. We've got some great, um, great leaders kind of paving the way for us that we can follow in their forced footsteps like Ian Taylor's what he's doing with ARL um, or even what um, Robbie Hollis is doing with his knocking down the New Zealand tall poppy syndrome I think that that's really impacting or really helping these stories come to life around Māori innovation Um, I'm also really enjoying the collaboration and kind of like the transparency between the startups in this space because we're all trying to work together to help each other and it comes back to that um, that saying um, that we're all all in this together. He waka ike noa, noa. He waka ike noa. Yeah, we're all in the same boat together. So let's work together and see see what comes about. And Jonathan, tell me about your panel where you're doing predictions for 2019, which um, predictions can be a dangerous business. Yeah, that's true. So we're we're covering off emerging technologies for 2019, and um, yeah, we've sort of. Yeah, it can be a dangerous business, but I mean, that's not a reason not to do it. And and really what I'm trying to do is talk about some of those emerging technologies and why they're important for New Zealand and mission-critical sectors. Mm. So I'm covering artificial intelligence and um, space and uh, data science uh, and those sorts of technologies. What's happening in the space sector? Because, yeah, as as we mentioned, like the Rocket Labs get so much of the um, attention, but there's heaps happening there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And I think I see this really huge opportunity for New Zealand here. Everybody thinks space is about sending rockets up, and that's obviously that's a pretty important part of it. But it turns out there's a lot happening, uh, and there's this trend called the democratisation of space. What it means is 
um, you know, like even sort of five years ago, if you weren't kind of NASA or the Russians, it was really hard to get access to the data from space. But now, thanks to companies like Rocket Lab, a lot of that data is much, much more accessible. And, and this is sort of combining with another thing where there are new sensors that can be sent up into space and those uh, nano satellites, really small satellites. And there's a new technology called uh, synthetic aperture radar. And why it's important is it can see through clouds. And, you know, for the Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud, that's a pretty big deal because otherwise, um, you know, quite often we can't see from uh, the land from, from space, but, but now we can. And I'm just seeing lots and lots of interesting applications um, for New Zealand that could really change many sectors. And, and actually thinking about Māori innovation, um, there's a company called Wilder Pacific, and they're, it, this is a Māori company that's in this area using satellite data to... Um, to, to really understand how land is being used and to help uh, iwi that, that are trying to make decisions um, to affect town planning decisions, um, you know, like looking at how this water may, might affect this wahitapu um, area and so on. So uh, visualisation tools that can help people make better decisions about the land. That's so cool. And and when you have one of those big companies uh, that kind of trailblaze for a whole industry like Zero did with SAS in uh, New Zealand and Rocket Lab is in space, it's so cool when that ecosystem can build up around it. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like we're at the early stages. That's why I'm so excited about it. When I go and talk to some of these scientists that were working on areas like, uh, for instance, how do you protect our exclusive economic zone and the fisheries using artificial intelligence and space data to, to tell, for instance, that there's illegal fishing happening in this, in this area. Um, what I see is some interesting science, but I don't really see many of the entrepreneurs and innovators kind of connecting in with that. So that's, that's why it's an interesting opportunity. And you mentioned there the, the AI, which is another kind of like, I guess a huge area that you follow and help to foster with your work. And it's it's so hard to kind of tell some of the stories of AI because, you, you know, it, it takes uh, so much understanding often um, for the press and there's not room for kind of, you know, the full explanation of, of how things work. But it's a really healthy sector here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is actually, and there are some fascinating companies. Uh, a really interesting example is Thematic, um, Aliona Medellin's company, and so she's using artificial intelligence, a particular type of AI called natural language processing, and that's um, that's about automating that process of customer feedback. Um, so you don't have to have a human reading through and deciding whether that verbatim feedback was positive or negative. Um, but there are lots of, I mean. I'm quite excited about how AI might impact on health. There was an um, interesting startup in out of Stanford University called Wobot, and I just about fell off my chair when I heard about this. They are deploying cognitive behavioural therapy, which is evidence-based counselling, uh, over chatbots, and it's working. Like The students that are doing it are getting 20% better mental health Wow, uh, by by the chatbots talking them through uh, when they're needing to talk to a um, or someone, but being an AI. Yeah, they're chatting to a chatbot and they're receiving a form of cognitive behavioural therapy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that that's remarkable, both from the fact that they were able to make it work, 
uh, and also from the fact that people would actually want to engage with counselling on a platform like that. Yeah. And with the week, you know, Tech Tech Week, there are hundreds of panels, stuff happening up and down the country, which is so cool. Um, what's another, what's another, uh, have, have either of you got a, a pick uh, for something else to catch this next week? Uh, I'm really looking forward to Te Wahiki, which is taking place in Lower Hutt. It's around Invent the Future. Um, there's a lot of amazing companies that are going to be showcasing their soul machines are down there which are always exciting to see what they're working on and there's an AR sandbox demonstration happening and then we'll be running Manu down there as well. And I reckon people should check out Tech Week TV there are a whole lot of um, interesting interviews and panel sessions one in particular on space meets the agri-tech sector which I reckon will be pretty interesting. Ah cool and they're doing live things and you can watch them on demand too through the Tech Week website, and you'll yeah, see right. Jake and Sean running those fantastically. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's so cool. Well, thank you for coming and uh, telling your stories today uh, and about the panels. Um, we'll look forward to catching you at Tech Week. Thank you, Amber Taylor and Jonathan Miller. Kilda. Thank you. Kilda, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Tina Tiller, for producing. And thank you very much for having us along in your ears. Cheers. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network... That was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.